All right, how's everybody doing? Hotep, hey, this is Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network, host of the African History Network show. I'm a talk show host, researcher, lecturer, and writer. It is Monday, July 23rd, 2018. Monday, July 23rd, 2018. Hope everybody's doing well. Some of you saw the um, Facebook Live broadcast I did of the African History Network show. Sunday night, uh, July 22nd, 2018. If you missed that, um, you can watch it on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network on Facebook, uh, and then also on YouTube, Michael M. Hotep on YouTube. Well, look, I wanted to talk about this story uh, I saw uh, this morning on uh, Black Enterprise's website, blackenterprise.com. And uh, this deals with uh, the co-founder of uh, Blavity.com. And this deals with an African-American woman who raised $6.5 million uh, for this African-American media outlet, okay? Raised $6.5 million. Now, oftentimes we hear about the importance of owning media, African-American media, uh, and we know Malcolm X said that the media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and the guilty innocent. And that's power because they control the minds of the masses. And you have other people who say, hey, we need to own more media, but they're not really doing anything to own more African-American media outlets, all right? So uh, if you're not familiar with Blavity.com, this is a uh, platform for African-American millennials, okay? And I've read a number of articles from Blavity. I think I found out about them last year, 2017, all right? And everybody share this broadcast on your Facebook page. Uh, invite your friends to tune in also. And then also African-American business owners, uh, post the name of your uh, business here on the thread of our Facebook Live broadcast. We're gonna talk about how you can also advertise with the African History Network as well to reach new customers. So um, Black Enterprise has an article, Blavity Founder Raises Over $6 Million in Funding, okay? And this is from June 20th, 2018 by Selena Hill. So Morgan Debon, Morgan Debon, D-E-B-A-U-N, hope, I, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. She's, she's a 28-year-old African-American female. She's the co-founder and CEO of the media outlet Blavity.com, all right? And um, they announced uh, uh, on Friday, uh, June 20th, 2018, that she raised $6.5 million in new funding led by GV, which uh, used to be known as Google Ventures. Now they're known as GV, so we know Google, search engine, right. They also have GV Google Ventures, which invests in up and coming businesses. Now the Series A round also received participation from new investors, Comcast Ventures, Plexo Capital, and Baron Davis uh, Enterprises, uh, which is an investment firm owned by NBA all-star and entrepreneur, Baron Davis. Okay, so here's a here's a brother doing something positive with his dollars, right? He's not buying an 18 million dollar watch. I don't know. He may floss some, but he's he's investing in with his dollars and investing in African American owned 
businesses in African-American own an African-American owned media outlet, which is extremely, extremely important because we have to tell our own stories. We have to tell our own narrative. Power is the ability to define and shape reality and have other people accept your definition of reality as if it were their own. Okay. So this is why um, African-American media is so important. Okay, it helps, you know, uh, what you read, see, and hear affects the way you think, feel, act, and behave. So we have to tell our own stories. All right, so now Blavity is a digital content company geared towards African-American millennials. It was created in 2014 by Morgan DeBond, who's now 28 years old, 28-year-old African-American female, and her co-founders, Aaron Samuels, Jonathan Jackson, and Jeff Nelson. Okay, so shout out to those brothers as well. So according to a press release, uh, this last round of funding will be used to help the online publication grow, create new platforms, and accelerate its mission to ultimately perform, uh, to, to ultimately become the premier destination for a new generation of African-American media consumers. Now, currently, uh, Blavity uh, is headquartered in Los Angeles. Uh, the multimedia company also plans to open a second location that will focus on engineering and data. And when we look at the article from Blavity.com, they had an article from June 20th and uh, uh, about this. Uh, Blavity Inc. has raised $6.5 million in our first official round of funding our first official round of funding. This is what it means for you, okay? And they say, this, this is all for you, fam. And they talk about uh, they're going to open up a, a new office in Atlanta, okay, um, as well. Uh, more money simply means more resources to invest in all of our brands. So they have Blavity.com, which is Blavity News. They also own Afrotech, 2190, which is another uh, online news outlet and Shadow and Act. They own that as well. And Travel Noir, N O I R E. Okay. Uh, and it's, and uh, so they said they're also opening up a new office in Atlanta, which will solely house our growing engineering and data team. So they own all these different digital platforms, right? Powers the ability to define and shape reality and have other people accept your definition of reality as if it were their own. Uh, as CEO Morgan DeBond puts it, uh, quote, a lot of innovation will come out of this office in the next six to nine months, end quote. So here you have African-American millennials doing something positive. Here you have them creating platforms. And uh, when you go to Blavity.com, they have at the top of the page where you can uh, submit articles to them, all right? And we understand that uh, media is how we communicate. We galvanize support around uh, organizations and causes. We inform about different uh, current events, different opportunities, things like this. Media is extremely important. What you read, see, and hear affects the way you think, feel, act, and behave. Okay. How's everybody doing? Uh, post the name of your uh, African American business here on the thread of the broadcast. And also, you can advertise with the African History Network. We'll talk about this in uh, uh, a couple of minutes here. And we have a special promotion, buy one month, get one month free. Okay. And that's uh, running through uh, Tuesday, uh, July 24th. We reach thousands of people uh, each week with the podcast of the African History Network show. And it's on uh, uh, five or six different 
podcast platforms also. Email us at customerservice at africanhistorynetwork.com for more information. We'll talk about that in just a minute. So uh, African-American women are creating businesses at six times the national average, all right? And uh, Blavity was created in 2014. So they've grown a lot since then. And for them, you know, four years later to be able to raise $6.5 million in capital and investment, man, is huge. Now, in an interview with TechCrunch, uh, Morgan DeBon, 28-year-old African-American female, she revealed that she intends to triple the size of the company's engineering team, which will work on new products and content creation tools in the new office that will likely be in Atlanta. She said, um, a lot of innovation will come out of that office in the next six to nine months. Uh, now, TechCrunch also reports that GV, used to be Google Ventures, GV partner John Lyman, L-Y-M-A-N, will join Blavity's board of directors as part of the new investment, okay? Now, some people say, well, they should only get money from African Americans. Okay, well, you, you try that. You do that. Go ahead. Sometimes you, sometimes you have to get money from investors where you could get it from, where you don't have to give up too much equity in your business, where you don't have to give up too much ownership, and then over time, you can buy them out. But the, but the, but the main thing is they're doing it. So you have a lot of the Negro naysayers who say, we can't do this, we don't own this, we don't have enough of this, we don't have enough of that. Then you have other people who say, well, success is where preparation meets opportunity. So the question I would ask is, what are you preparing yourself for? Yes, racism and white supremacy exists. Uh, here's my copy of the ISIS papers by Dr. Francis Cress Wilson. Not only have I read the book, I actually knew Dr. Francis Cress Wilson. I interviewed her three times. You can go listen to the interviews I did with her and other African citizen scholars at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Racism is a system of advantage and privilege distributed based upon race. Here's uh, my copy, second edition of How White Folks Got So Rich, The Untold Story of American White Supremacy. I understand this very well. I teach history. I understand this very well. But then what do you do about racism and white supremacy? Do you just sit back and complain about it, right? Or do you create African-American-owned businesses so we can employ our own people and become the number one employers of our own people just like every other ethnic group in America. And we use, we, we leverage our dollars to help fight against white supremacy and racism, okay? So, so this is extremely, extremely important. So prior to, uh, prior to this Series A round, Blavity raised a little over $1.8 million from several investors, including Macro, M-A-C-R-O, uh, New Media Ventures, Base Ventures, Cross-Culture Ventures, Harlem Capital Partners, and the Knight Enterprise Fund. Now, this made Morgan DeBond, who's now 28 years old, one of the few African-American female founders that raised more than $1 million in funding in 2017. So, I mean, this sister is phenomenal. This sister's doing it. Think of where she, she will be in 20 years. This sister probably, she could, she could probably be a billionaire in 20 years. I mean, she's 28 and she raised $6.5 million in capital. 20 years? Because she, she, she may own a, a, a cable network like Kathy Hughes. You know, she may be, she may be an Oprah in the making. 
So in the last four years, Blavity has acquired additional content platforms like Travel Noir, which is a travel startup for African-American millennials, and Shadow and Act. And I've read articles from Shadow and Act, but I didn't know now they're owned by Blavity. And Shadow and Act, which focuses on lifestyle news and entertainment. The multimedia company also launched a series of life events, including Afrotech, uh, its signature tech conference in Silicon Valley. Okay, this is a this is a tech conference that they created, Afrotech. It's uh, its signature tech conference in Silicon Valley and Empower Her, Empower Her, a summit specifically for African American women. Okay, so I mean this this is fantastic, and like I said, African American women are creating businesses at six times the national average. When you read financialjuneteenth.com, when you read uh, blackenterprise.com, things like this, you'll see you'll see articles uh, dealing with this. Let's take a look at this article here. We can see this is uh, Morgan Devon. Okay, she's not hard on the eyes either. All right, so she is the uh, co-founder and CEO of blabbity.com all right and um here are uh her co-founders okay so we have morgan debon on the left of course uh aaron samuels jonathan jackson and jeff nielsen all right so these are african-american millennials doing something positive and, and it looks like they're really doing something positive with their money they could be you know buying 18 million dollar watches they can be wasting a lot of money, conspicuous consumption, things like this, but they're doing something to really, really empower African Americans. Okay, and then when we look at the um, uh, look at the article from uh, uh, Blavity, let's go back here. Okay, um, we look at the article from. Um, okay, I can't see it now. Uh, also, check out the article from Blavity.com about this as well, okay? All right. Okay, so um, here are a couple of books. You know, I talked about how success is what preparation meets opportunity. What are you preparing your success? What are you preparing yourself for, right? Here are a couple of books from my personal library, and I've taught entrepreneurship for nine years. These are some books that I will reference when I teach entrepreneurship, okay? Um, one of them is Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice by Dr. Dennis Cameron. So this was his first book, Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. Um, and uh, this was Dr. Dennis Cameron on Napoleon Hill. He was commissioned by the Napoleon Hill Foundation to uh, write this book, which was a version of Think and Grow Rich, which Napoleon Hill wrote decades ago to write this version for African-Americans. And as um, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough talks about, and I've heard him speak a number of times, he talks about how when Napoleon Hill died, he was working on a version of Think and Grow Rich for African-Americans, okay? So you have this book here. Then you have Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Now I've used this actually when I've taught entrepreneurship. What the rich teach their kids about money that the poor middle class do not. This is extremely important. What the rich teach their kids about money that the poor middle class do not, okay? I was trying to find my copy of The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas J. Stanley, which is a really good book. And it talks about habits of millionaires and talks about how the, you know, the average millionaire 
doesn't spend more than $200 for a suit. Uh, they don't live in like multi-million dollar homes. The average millionaire is very frugal, okay? About 80, 85% of them are college educated, things like this. I don't know where my cop is, somewhere around here. Thomas J. Stanley, the millionaire next door. So then you have this other book from uh, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, What Makes the Great Great? What Makes the Great Great? Strategies for Extraordinary Achievement, okay? And uh, I got this copy uh, April 1st, 1997, April 1st, 1997, all right? Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice, I got this, uh, sorry, that's August, August 1st, 1997. I got this one April 8th, 1994, because I write the dates that I get the books. Uh, April 4th, 19, April 8th, 1994, it's 24 years ago, okay? So then he came out with um, The Wealth Choice. This was in 2013, really, really good book. The Wealth Choice. Success Secrets of Black Millionaires. And in this book, Dr. Dennis Kimbrell, um, what he did was he did, because I talked to him while he was writing this book. So he did surveys of 1,000 African-American millionaires, all right? So in 2009, there were about 35,000 African-American millionaires. He did surveys and interviews of 1,000 African-American millionaires, and he put together this book he interviewed them, he dealt with uh, their habits, okay, and what separates them from other people, all right? And yes, we know white supremacy and racism exists and poverty and all these things, yeah? But you have 35,000 African-American millionaires. Most of them did not inherit this money. Most of them were self-made millionaires. Majority of them did not make this money because they were entertainers or because they were a basketball player or something like this. So he deals with, um, on page 41, he deals with a profile of the affluent African-American, okay? And he says, as the wealth choice reflects, I discovered the inner workings of Black America's most affluent, as well as the habits and attitudes of those who join the Millionaires Club. For example, did you know the average African-American millionaire is a 52-year-old male, nearly 12%, and, and growing, uh, female born in the Northeast and Midwest, the majority raised in a home where both parents were present. Uh, more often than not, their mother was a housewife. The average net worth of the average African American millionaire is $4 million. Average income of parents, $10,000 to $20,000 per year. So the average African American millionaire was, was not born in the wealth. Okay. The average African American millionaire is has been married 15 to 25 years. They have two or more children. They uh, approximately 69% of African-American millionaires have a college degree, okay? Their SAT score uh, uh, greater than uh, 1,000 on average, greater than 1,000. College GPA, average college GPA for an African-American male millionaire was 2.9. Average GPA for college GPA for African-American female millionaire 3.4, okay? Uh, when we look at their majors, the average African-American millionaire, 52% of them were business majors. 20% of them have an MBA, Master's of Business Administration, okay? And he talked about their daily routine. They rise on average at 5.30 a.m. 
go to bed at 11 p.m. They work long hours. They're up long hours, work long hours. Um, how they made their money. 90% were entrepreneurs. Okay? 90% entrepreneurs. 30% of African-American millionaires made their money in real estate. So, the, so when we look at some of their uh, habits, and once again, post the uh, name of your business here on the thread of the broadcast, and uh, we'll talk about in a minute how you can advertise with the African History Network. Uh, we reach thousands of people on a weekly basis across different podcast platforms for uh, our radio show, the African History Network show, and we put your 30-second commercial or 60-second commercial uh, into uh, the podcast. We're on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, CastBox, TuneIn.com, a number of different platforms. And uh, you can email us at customer service at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com for more information. All right, now where's that page I have bookmarked? Um, hold on. Okay, here we go. Okay, so he lays out nine habits of African-American, nine disciplines of African-American millionaires. What separates them from other people? And uh, he talks about be passionate and focus on unique strengths, develop clear delineated goals, outline goals, uh, autonomous and independent, be autonomous and independent, deep need for internal control, highly motivated self-starters. These are African-American millionaires. These are habits of them. Industrious, strong work ethic. Bias for action, industrious, strong work ethic, bias for action. Um, never consider the possibility of failure. And even if you fail, see, you, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you take a calculated risk. Even if you fail, one, you're going to learn something. Two, a setback sets you up for a comeback. A setback sets you up for a comeback. So, you know, when we would teach entrepreneurship and my business partner I would teach with, uh, uh, Jim Robinson, who was one of my former college professors at Wayne State University. You know, we would say uh, six, uh, um, uh, failure is not fatal and uh, success is uh, not final. F failure is not fatal, success is not final, okay? So when you study a lot of millionaires in general, many of them have filed bankruptcy in the past. Now, they didn't file bankruptcy six times like Donald Trump, but a lot of them have filed bankruptcy in the past. And they restructured, they came back, and they hit it big. And when you read The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas J. Stanley, the average millionaire um, did, uh, dabbles in about 17, 18 different business ventures until they hit it big. Okay? Um, so discipline number five is never consider the possibility of failure. Uh, number seven, oh, Discipline number six, inquisitive, strong desire to know, quick to absorb and apply new information. That's me all day, every day. Inquisitive, strong desire to know, as I do research about six to 10 hours a day. Quick to absorb and apply new information. That's me all day, every day. But number seven is extremely important. I've taught sales, you know, I've, been, I've uh, done retail management, I've, I've taught sales, I've been in some aspect of sales for over 20 years. Strong sales skills. Sale, S-E-L-L, -L, is not a four-letter word. One of the most important skill sets you can have as an entrepreneur 
is knowing how to sell. If you know how to sell, you can make some money. If you know how to sell, and unfortunately, a lot of people are afraid to sell. And I've studied the science of selling, uh, you know, the sales anatomy, the, the anatomy of a, of a sales transaction, things like that, the, the uh, opening, you know, the greeting, building rapport, qualification, uh, trial close, closing, different things like that, right? And different sales techniques, fill that found technique, and uh, EBCs of selling always be closing. You know, I've studied Tom Hopkins and Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy, uh, the real gurus of selling. So, uh, if you have sales skills, right, you can go to trade shows, and it's like when I go to a trade show, when I go to an expo, you know, I have my vendor table, you know. Dude, it's showtime. I get two or more people at my table. Man, it's showtime. We're going to make it happen. All right. So when you have those types of skills and that's the real hand to hand combat, you know, you read Selling for Dummies by Tom Hopkins. Right. Or even if you have to do uh, cold calling, which I hate it. I absolutely hated cold calling. Right. But I studied cold calling. I read, you know, Steve Schiffman's book. Uh, dealing with 25, uh, I think it was 25 successful habits of cold callers or something like that. Steve, Schiff, Steve Schiffman is a sales guru and he's written books dealing with cold calling techniques. I absolutely hated cold calling. Uh, but when I was in, uh, when I sold, when I was in wireless sales and I was uh, doing business to business selling for small and medium sized businesses, we had to do cold calling on businesses in our, in our district. So these are all skill sets that you need when it comes to business, right? So a lot of people who are, who are African-American business owners, and um, we have Gerald, Aristocracy, 100% authentic merchandise that keeps you legit, get yours today. Now, you all can post, uh, post the name of your business and your website also, okay? Uh, culturezine.com. So, um, when, you have, and when you have entrepreneurs, you have them, especially African-American entrepreneurs, you have them coming from different walks of life. Some people may have a degree in the field that they build a business around. Some may not, right? But if you don't have sales skills, I encourage you to read books like... Uh, Selling for Dummies by Tom Hopkins. I encourage you to uh, go to uh, expos, get a vendor table at expos, get a booth. You can start out at e local events in your area, whether it's at your church, the church bazaar, different things like this. You can get a vendor table $25, $50, $75. Not a huge investment. Uh, and you can gain a lot of experience in what I call hand-to-hand -hand combat. Because see, when you are at those expos and you have a customer right in front, front of you, that's the battlefield. You're engaged in hand-to-hand -hand combat. So, so you learn about having your banner. You learn about how to display your products. You learn about how to talk to customers, right? How to, how to create a display that's greeting to that, that greets customers. And then you'll see, right, as you get one customer and two customers and three around your table, more people will come. Okay, more people come. I was, I worked with Ken Harris here in Detroit two years on the International Detroit Black Expo. Okay, and the first year, I think we had maybe about 50,000 people who came through. It was at Cobo Hall. So, um, 
and we worked, we had a number, I, I can't remember, it was over 100 vendors, things like this. So I've, you know, have experience working with vendors and being a vendor myself. Uh, for a number of years, I've had uh, a vendor booth at the uh, African World Festival, which takes place the third weekend in Detroit, third weekend of August in Detroit. Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History, about 100,000 people come through. So I have experience in, in different, in uh, selling in different venues, whether it's uh, at a uh, African World Festival like that, whether it's at a professional trade show, like when I used to do um, um, educational consulting, okay? Um, whether it's uh, uh, at just this past weekend in Atlanta, Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo, had a vendor table there as well, okay? So when you have sales skills, you learn how to sell in different environments and you learn how to sell and market to different customers also okay this is extremely extremely important so at the african history network you know i've been hosting the african history network show i'm the founder of the african history network been hosting the show for uh eight years started may started march 10 2010 all right and we have over 900 audio podcasts of our radio shows at uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the African History Network show. But we have a special promotion for African-American business owners. Hey, you can advertise with the African History Network. We have thousands of, thousands of potential customers on a weekly basis on the audio podcast of our radio show, the African History Network show. So we place your 60-second commercial into the podcast on Blog Talk Radio alone. Uh, we get between 4,000 to 8,000 listens per episode within one to two weeks. And then our podcasts are on iTunes, our iTunes page, the African History Network show on these different platforms, on iTunes, CastBox, which is a whole nother platform, and they have an app, CastBox. Download the CastBox app to your smartphone. Uh, this is another platform for hundreds, uh, if not thousands, of audio podcasts. We're on FM Player. Dot com. We're on TuneIn.com. We know TuneIn is huge for uh, live radio and also podcasts. Uh, we're also on Acast.com and there's some other platforms as well. Okay, so we reach thousands of people on a weekly basis. If you don't have a commercial, we can record one for you. We have a special promotion right now. Buy one month, get one month free. Buy one month, get one month free. So we have a few slots left because we have limited inventory. Okay. We have a few slots left. Your um, ad will run twice during our show. And then also, uh, so I do the show once a week. And then uh, also I do some different uh, broadcasts throughout the week and we can place your ad in those other broadcasts as well, okay? For more information, email us at African History Network, I'm sorry, email us at customer service at africanhistorynetwork.com customer service at africanhistorynetwork.com. So if you are a book author or you own a African-American bookstore, you have a website where you sell African-American clothing or you sell um, uh, shea butter and different types of oils, you sell jewelry, you have an event coming up, say you have a comedic yoga festival or you have uh, an African-American History Month festival, a Marcus Garvey Day, uh, a Kwanzaa celebration. 
you're bringing in a speaker like Professor Kabahai Waka Kamene, Booker T. Coleman, or Dr. Leonard Jeffries, or, or, or somebody like that. You want to advertise with the African History Network. We reach thousands of people across the country um, on a daily basis, uh, one. Uh, two, uh, we'll also do an interview with you here on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network as well. Email us at customerservice at africanhistorynetwork.com for more information, all right? Uh, let's see, let's go to some of your comments. So Mimi uh, Lyle said, we have two vending sites we are going to in August 2018, Summer Business and Health Expo and, uh, on the 12th and the Art Loop at uh, Pro Medica's Market on the Green on the 16th in Toledo, okay? Summer Business and Health Expo. Interesting, I'd like to know more about that. Great topic, we need to talk uh, business more. So even though I teach history, and I've been studying history for 26 years, right? My degree is in business administration with a major in marketing. I studied entrepreneurship in school. I taught entrepreneurship for nine years, managed a business consulting company for seven years, managed a, a janitorial service company, and we had contracts with the local municipality. I know because I won some of those contracts. I was the one who had to bid on the contracts. I managed a construction trades program through a local community college. Uh, we also became the company that I was managing. We also became vendors of the state of Michigan. I know we became vendors of the state of Michigan and had and had contracts with the state of Michigan because I was the one who got us certified to become a vendor with the state of Michigan. So I had, I had to learn the whole system. So I have a lot of experience in this. I'm not. This is not what I read in the book, even though I read books. Now I'm talking. See, when when I teach. When I teach uh, entrepreneurship, I'm dealing with real life hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat. I'm dealing with real life stuff. I've been in the meetings negotiating janitorial service contracts with the local municipality after we won the contract because, because of declining property taxes and because of declining home ownership in the, in the city of Michigan, in the county of Wayne, they had less and less money. So I've been in those meetings where we, 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 where we have to renegotiate our contract that we won. So I, you know, I have experience dealing with corporate America, experience dealing with non the nonprofit sector, uh, experience dealing with uh, the uh, public sector as well, dealing with government also. Okay, uh, let's see here. Phoebe and Hannah's business beginnings. All right. Okay, GoFundMe.com twin hyphen kidpreneurs. Uh, we're raising money for my twin daughter's business, Fonteria and Elaine's World. Uh, Shakiji Malik Abdul said, true, a good salesperson makes good money. Uh, Kim said, that's right, everyone needs to learn marketing. Highest paid people are people who sell something. Oh, yeah, yeah, and check out the, check out the series uh, Black Friday, the, the documentary series Black Friday that I'm in. Uh, because this deals with uh, practical strategies for recycling a $1.3 trillion economy and uh, also deals with how we, uh, how, uh, we understand money, how our life experiences and how we raise impacts the way we understand uh, money as well. Okay, that's from director Rick Mathis. I'm in that documentary series. We have it available at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. All right, so we've got Sydney. Uh, share this broadcast on your Facebook page also. I invite your friends to tune in. We got Al, Damon, a few of the people watching. 
Okay. Uh, Devin, Renee, and people commenting on the book from Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, The ISIS Papers, The Keys to the Colors. Fantastic, fantastic book. Get this from your local African-American bookseller, book dealer, see if they could get it in. If they can't get it in, um, probably find it at uh, Amazon.com. Robbie said, uh, you sound like you are a man with a lot of hustle and flow. Hustles and flow. Are you interested in coffee business in Africa, uh, Anthony? Uh, possibility. I've, I've heard some people talk about that coffee business in Africa. Robbie is in uh, Huntsville, Alabama, watching right now. All right. Okay, so uh, African-American business owners, post the name of your business here. Uh, once again, you can advertise with the African History Network. We reach thousands of potential customers uh, on a uh, weekly basis. It is, um, if you don't have a 60-second commercial, we can record one for you. And uh, we put it into the audio podcast of our radio shows, the African History Network show. And uh, we've been broadcasting for eight years. And um, we reach uh, just on Blog Talk Radio alone where we upload the podcast, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the African History Network show. Each episode gets between four to 8,000 listens between one to two weeks. That's just on that platform alone. We're on about six different podcast platforms, iTunes, uh, TuneIn.com, ACAST, FM Player, and uh, CastBox. Okay, so we're on a number of different platforms. And those are the ones I know of. There's some other platforms we're on. I just learned about uh, CastBox a couple months ago because somebody emailed, somebody sent me a message on Twitter and said, hey, I just listened to this great podcast that you did. And I said, what platform was it on? They said, CastBox. I said, what the hell is CastBox? So they told me about it. So I downloaded the app. CastBox is, is huge. So podcasts are growing and growing. Now, there was an article uh, I saw from uh, either Financial Juneteenth or um, um, which one? Or blackenterprise.com. Which one was this? Um, and this dealt with um, this dealt with one of the platforms, I think it was Spotify. This dealt with Spotify looking for, here we go, right here, because I got all this stuff bookmarked. Blackenterprise.com had an article. Spotify is looking for new female podcasters of color. Podcasts are huge. Podcasts are huge. And this is one of the things also that I encourage people to do, right? So you want to position yourself as an expert in your field. You don't have to call yourself an expert. People come to me for information about history. I never call myself an expert in history. People call me a historian. They call me an expert. I put in the work. I don't have a PhD in history, but I do about three or four times as much research as PhDs, okay? And I study a number of different um, subjects and topics, not just history, but current events, politics. Uh, you heard my show last night. You saw we went in on Donald Trump. Okay, and we dealt with is Donald Trump a traitor and provided the evidence as well. But um, they have an article, uh, blackenterprise.com. Let's look at this here. Uh, are you a woman? Uh, so this deals with Spotify, and this came out April 2nd, 2018. Okay, are you a woman, podcaster of color, or want to become one? Spotify wants you. All right, this is a huge opportunity. 
with successful podcasts going mainstream, the two dope, like the two dope queens, a show uh, that was recently picked up by HP, HBO, Spotify sees a clear podcaster market opportunity when it comes to this new space for content creation. Even with the success of the show, a recent study showed that only 22% of podcasts are hosted by women and the number is even smaller when it comes to women of color. Spotify wants to change that. So the company, Spotify, is hosting a Sound Up Bootcamp, which is a week-long intensive program for aspiring female podcasters of color. The event, so the event took place last month, but they may have another one. The event will take place June 25th through the 29th, 2018 at Spotify's New York City offices and Spotify is hand-selecting 10 attendees who will learn about the art of podcast creation from initial idea creation to editing, producing, and marketing from experts in the field. Okay, so check out this article. See, these are opportunities. Opportunities are all around us. Yes, white supremacy and racism exist. I'll be the first one to tell you that, and I can tell you the history of it also. Okay, I know the history of it and things like that. But what do you do about it? Okay, this is powerful. So if you have a business, right, uh, a clothing business, or you have a, a, you have a bookstore or something like that, you want to create a podcast. You create podcasts that talk about topics, talk about news stories. So the podcast is not designed just to promote, promote, promote what you sell. The podcast is to deal with relevant content, okay? You may do a book review or you may even interview uh, a book author whose book you carry. Okay, but when you have this content, this reaches a lot of people, and this helps position you as an expert in the field. So people come to you with questions. People come to you looking for resources. Okay, Pod podcasts are huge, and they're very low cost as well. All right, you may start out with a Facebook Live broadcast, and then you may move to a podcast platform. And what I do is, Facebook Live broadcast like this right here. I take this, I download it, I take the audio of it, okay? Because I have the software program like Corel, uh, Corel Video Studio 8 Pro 8, whatever it is, Corel Video Studio. I take the audio from the from this video right here. I upload it to Blog Talk. When I upload it to our Blog Talk page, they automatically upload it to iTunes, Castbox, Acast. FM player and tunein.com. And then I take this video and upload it to our YouTube channel. We have 39,000 subscribers, Michael M. Hotep on YouTube. Okay. So, one of the things that as an entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur, you have to master time management skills. Okay. So, I can take this one broadcast and I can hit at least seven different platforms with it. And if I want to, I can upload it to SoundCloud. But I don't know if I'm going to keep the subscription with SoundCloud because Blog Talk is Blog Talk putting it on five other platforms is really good. So you can take one broadcast. So I do this with a lot of broadcasts we do on Facebook Live. Okay, I take that, I, I, I upload the video to YouTube, I take the audio, upload the Blog Talk. It hits all these different platforms. Then I send out an email newsletter about the new content through our constant contact subscription. All right, so uh, 
Let's see here. Let me get some more of your comments. Okay, so Nettie said, My Econ, we are a company that teaches financial education, credit, debt elimination, investment education, your pros, uh, your pros, parity blueprint dot club. Okay. So Nettie, you need to email us because African Americans definitely need uh financial literacy skills. You need financial literacy skills. Okay, so you definitely need to email us. Robbie said, this is, this is so confirming because I wanted to be a podcast, YouTube host with interest in the field of lifestyle, hacks, fashion, beauty, upcycling, clothing, jewelry. So here's the thing. See, when you put your videos on YouTube, right, once you, I think once you get a certain number of subscribers, you can sign up for Google, ad, I think it's Google AdSense, Google AdSense. You can monetize your videos. So we monet so we have our videos monetized on um, um, YouTube, okay? So it ain't. I mean, it's it's. Yeah, I ain't. You know, I can't retire off of the money, but you know, when that when that money hits my bank account, it's like, oh hell, this is good. That helps. That helps pay some bills. Don't have pay. Doesn't help pay all the bills, but oh, it's it's better. It oh, it, it helps. Okay. So you can monetize these videos. You can create another stream of income, and it's growing. Now that, now that I have been doing it regularly, and uh, what I started doing is uh, when I on Sunday nights when I broadcast the African History Network show on 9:10 a.m. the Superstation, I started broadcasting live on YouTube from my laptop, and I set my tripod tripod up in the studio, and I broadcast live through Facebook. So now. I'm hitting AM radio. I'm hit, I'm broadcasting on YouTube live, and I'm broadcasting on Facebook live. I'm hitting these platforms, right? I'm gonna take that video from Facebook. I'm gonna upload it also again to YouTube because we because it's it's filming from a different angle. I'm gonna broadcast from YouTube. All of it is monetized. And and one of the things I started doing is if I have a two hour show. I'm gonna have three or four commercial breaks on YouTube in that two-hour show. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a commercial at the beginning. I'm gonna have a commercial at the end. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have three commercial breaks inside that. So you can you can generate more revenue from one two-hour video as opposed to just having a commercial at the beginning because um, the the show is broadcasted on a terrestrial radio station. We have an FCC license with station. I don't have one. The station has an FCC license. So we take commercial breaks, right? So when I upload that video to YouTube, when the station takes a commercial break, oh, we're gonna put a commercial in from YouTube. This helps generate revenue. And you gotta have multiple streams of revenue. Okay, you gotta have as a business owner, entrepreneurs. I mean, if you look at entertainers like LL Cool J. Right. If you look at Jay Z, Jay Z is a perfect example. Jay Z doesn't just make money from rapping. Jay Z owns title. Jay Z is making documentaries. Jay Z is going on tour. Jay Z has multiple streams of income. Beyonce has multiple streams of income. Well, hell, these are two of the wealthiest African. These are two of the wealthiest entertainers. Period. Not just African American. These are two of the wealthiest entertainers. Period. So if they have multiple streams of income, you know damn well you and I need multiple streams of income. If they have, and they need multiple streams of income, you know damn well you and I have multiple streams of income. So we have to, 
we have to understand this. And this is one of the things that you, when you read um, The Wealth Choice, Success Seekers of Black Millionaires by Dr. Dennis Kimmel. This is something that you learn, okay? Now, all the millionaires, I'll be the first one to admit, are not African-centered. A lot of them have good hearts. They, they, they give a lot of donations. They donate. This is one of the things he talks about in the book. But, your, but African history and culture gives you your foundation. This gives you your VIPs, your values, your interests, and your principles. This influences your economic empowerment and influences your political empowerment, okay? We have to have a synthesis of all those. This is one of the things I talked about when I did my presentation at the um, Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo. Uh, I spoke Sunday, July 15th. My presentation was on lessons from the film Black Panther, economic guerrilla warfare, political self-defense, and how to Wakanda the vote. Okay, and you see, this is you see my Black Panther T-shirt. This is one of the five Black Panther T-shirts I have. Uh, also, if you like the type of information we share, you want to learn more about our history. I teach online classes. We have them all on demand. We have a forty-eight hour sale. Okay, uh, we have a, a ten online course bundle pack that's sixty-two percent off. Uh, it includes ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach me in school. It includes uh, an online class I did dealing with the film Black Panther, Black Panther Analysis, Great African Women in History, The Mothers of Civilization, African-American Resistance in the Era of Donald Trump, Voter Suppression, Reparations, and How Elections Have Consequences, and some other ones. It's on sale right now, $50, regularly $130. That's going on. It's a 48-hour sale going on till. Um, Wednesday, July 25th, 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, okay? We posted the link here or go to africanhistorynetwork.com, africanhistorynetwork.com. It's regularly $130 on sale, $50. These are all on demand. You can go at your own pace and um, understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school. That's a 14-hour, seven-session online course uh, that I teach. It's all on demand. We deal with thousands of years of history. Okay, you can watch from around the world. All right, so that uh, online course bundle pack will blow your way. The average millionaire has at least seven streams of income. Nettie said, "Where'd you get that information from, Nettie?" Um, and uh, I encourage you to watch shows like The Shark Tank. Shark Tank is a really, really good show. Another show I like is from the creators of The Shark Tank. If I remember correctly, it's from the creators of The Shark Tank. It's on CNBC. It's called The Profit. P-R-O-F-I-T, the prophet, Marcus Lamontis, man. This dude is, li is like the Shark Tank, is similar to it, but he's one person. And what he does is he goes, each week he goes into a failing business, a failing business. And he's, he's a, um, a master at turning around businesses. He has a lot of business relationships. He's a multimillionaire. He invests his own money in these businesses. He lays out a whole plan for them. He turns the business around. And see, the great thing about it is, is that he deals with businesses in different industries. So you get to learn about different industries. And he talks about the three Ps. He talks about the people, the process, and the product. And these are the three things he focuses, he focuses on uh, investing in and changing. The people, the product, and the process. And he tells you to trust the process. It's a fantastic show. I mean, you can. I mean, you can. You can damn near get a degree in business administration watching that show. I mean, wise is kept. At least in entrepreneurship. At least in entrepreneurship, because they deal with so many different industries, 
And I've seen some African-American businesses there. And you get to see mistakes that they make. You get to see mistakes that entrepreneurs make, like not, not being letting, not being able to let go, having a problem delegating responsibility because this is this business is your baby. You started it from the ground up. You were the first one there, right? So a lot of times entrepreneurs have a hard time in letting go of responsibility, delegating responsibility. They just have to be involved in every every decision. Okay, and you can't grow, especially if you're trying to grow from one location to two locations to three locations. There was one example. We'll go to some more of your comments here in just a minute. There was one um, one business. It was an African American uh, uh, man. He owned a bakery, and he made cupcakes. He made like the best cupcakes you ever want to taste. He did not know what his price. He did not know what his cost was to make a cupcake. He didn't know what his cost was. He didn't know really how much it cost him to make a cupcake. So Marcus is asking him these basic questions, okay? And as he starts writing this stuff down, then he realizes, well, wait a second, he needs to increase the price of his cupcakes to increase his profit so he can pay his bills, so he can pay his employees. He wanted desperately to expand to a second location. He wanted desperately to expand to a second location. So after Marcus goes through and he asks him questions about the cost of the second location, and he deals with how much it's going to cost to run it, the daily cost, pay for utilities, pay for employees, it averaged out to something like only $15 in profit a day. After you go through and, 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 and crunch the numbers, and he's taking on all this expense for a second, for a second location. And one of the things Marcus explained to him is like, wait a second, you haven't corrected the problems with the first location. If you expand to a second location, you're gonna duplicate the problems because the same problems you had at the first location, you're gonna have with the second location because you haven't corrected the process. So a lot of times as business owners, we get caught up in thinking that expanding is somehow good. Expanding is progress. What are you expanding? Are you duplicating a problem? You have to correct the process, correct the problems at the first location before you expand to the second location, right? And, and a lot of times we get caught up because we think, okay, so we, now we have two locations. We want to be like George Jefferson, Jefferson's, Jefferson Cleaner, seven locations, one near you. So we, we think that just expanding and expanding and expanding is good. What's the profitability? What's the risk that you're taking on, okay? If you do not correct the process and the problems at the first location, you're duplicating these problems. So after Marcus crushed the numbers with him, he, he realized, okay, I'm not ready to expand to a second location. And I remember when I was uh, doing business to business selling in the wireless industry for cell phones. I remember here in Detroit, because my district was downtown Detroit, part of downtown, part of downtown Detroit and some other zip codes in Detroit. I remember there was this uh, one business and they did, it was, it was uh, owned by African-Americans, two, uh, two brothers. They had a business center, kind of like a business center. Cause back at this time, this is back in the uh, late nineties. This is about 90, this is about 98, 98, 99. Um, 
So back at that time, a lot of not, a lot of people did not have fax machines. And they had one of those business centers where you could go, you could use the computer, pay to use the computer, you could pay for fax machine, pay to use a fax machine. And um, they had some other business services there. But I remember every time I went to that place, every time I did a business call on them, they had a new service they were offering, right? So a lot of times as a business owner, we think that more is better. We think that offering more services is better, offering more products is better, things like that. But there's a learning curve involved in offering new services. There are growing pains in offering new services. You have to learn the system, you have to learn the process, things like this. And oftentimes, when you are you're expanding, expanding, and you are offering more services, more products, it can complicate things. Okay? You have to be trained on the new products, you have to be trained on the new services. Um, I were, well, I can't, I can't talk about that. Um, but, um, uh, well, let me see. Can I talk about it with well, a business out of business? So hell, I guess they fall bankruptcy. Um, I remember when I used to manage a Radio Shack. One of the problems with Radio Shack, one of the, one of the reasons why Radio Shack went out of business is because they were trying to have employees sell everything. So they were like, I remember when I left Radio Shack in, uh, it was like 2003 when I left Radio Shack, 2003, 2004. There were, when I left here, there were damn near 23, 24 certification tests you had to take. They, what, what Radio Shack was trying to do, now back in the 70s and 80s and 90s, it was good. When uh, a recession hit um, and Radio Shack was dealing with more competition from Best Buy and things like this, right? They were trying to get employees to be trained on all these products and sell everything, including cell phones, which are complicated by itself. So now you want them to sell Sprint and you want them to sell Verizon. Those are two different processes. Those are two different offers. Those are two different systems. And you want this person that you're paying $8 an hour, $9 an hour, or shit, whatever it was. Uh, if they're not hitting bonus, you want them to be trained on all this stuff. And I remember what happened was um, with a lot of the activations from Radio Shack, a lot of them would be set up incorrectly. Because you got this person, 18, 19 years old, they're trying to sell this, they're trying to sell, they're trying to sell Sprint, they're trying to sell Verizon, they're trying to sell Dish, Dish Network, they're trying to sell DirecTV. You train them on all this stuff. When you go to Best Buy, they have departments for all of that, right? So there's a higher level of accuracy coming from the activations from a Best Buy because at Best Buy, they have a, a wireless center. So that's all the people at that wireless center do. Okay, so this is, and I watched, I watched the slow death of um, Radio Shack. I knew it was coming. You know, I, I saw it take place. Um, but that's an example of how a lot of times, um, as as business owners, 
we think that offering more is better. Okay, and a lot of times what you have to do is simplify your offerings so you can become an expert in it. It's easier to manage. It's less training you have to do for your employees. There's, there's less chance for uh, mistakes to take place, all right? Nitty said to specialize in everything is to specialize in nothing. Um, Greg said the concept of unilinear uni growth, forward increasing in numbers, a European concept. Per Yurugu, an African-centered critique of European cultural thought and behavior that's written by Dr. Marimba Ani. Okay, Mimi said you're right about Radio Shack. Uh, Nettie said you must figure out a target market, carve out a niche and cater to it. Oh yeah, absolutely. You, you focus on your target market, definitely. Um, Mimi said teaching my twin daughters and son about acquiring multiple streams of income, we have begun a real life begun the real life acquisition slowly since last month. Also check out, uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins has the black stock market program or something like that. Check out Dr. Boyce Watkins broadcast here on the African history. Now he has the black school.com. So check that out. The black school.com. All right. Um, Felicia said multiple streams of income ownership needs to be our, our objective owning properties and businesses are, the way to acquiring, or the way to conquering economic depression. Mimi said, I've been teaching them about life insurance, that's good. Nitty said, when billionaires start saying that we need to have universal handouts because automation will put tons of people out of work, is no better time to learn how to use the internet. I was watching MSNBC this morning, actually it's on right now, but I just have it muted. So I watch between six to 10 hours of MSNBC a day, uh, sometimes 12. So uh, this morning on uh, Stephanie Rule's show, she's on 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. and then 11 a.m. to noon, she's on with Ali Velshi for Velshi and Rule, one of the best shows on MSNBC. But she was interviewing somebody from the White House. And uh, he talked about the person she was interviewing from the White House talked about by the year, um, this is 2018, by the year 2030, by the year 2030, it's estimated that 60 million Americans will lose their jobs because of automation, robotics, software programs. And one of the things he and Stephanie Rule were talking about is retraining today's employees for the emerging industries because um, you have 6.7 million unfilled jobs right now, right? But a lot of, but the reason why you have so many unfilled jobs, and that's a record number of unfilled jobs like in the last 20 years or so, is because there's a skills gap. There's a skills gap. There's a lack of qualified uh, train employees for these positions. And this is something that he was talking about. He said, do you, you know, there's a real need for retraining, uh, especially, you know, a lot of people who are in their forties or fifties and they get, they're getting laid off. They're getting downsized, what have you. It could be, it can be, um, shocking. It could be unnerving to have to retrain. You know, when I was doing educational consulting, this is one of the things we were doing because of uh, Jennifer, uh, Governor Jennifer Granholm's uh, No Worker Left Behind uh, initiative here in the state of Michigan. 
So we were, uh, I was managing a training company. We were working with a local community college to bring in mature learners, mature learners. People were getting downsized. I mean, Ford Motor Company was going through a, a huge series of layoffs, and we were working with Ford to get people uh, enrolled into the community college for retraining and, and uh, uh, high-growth industries, things like that. And this is how I found out talking to some of the HR people there, this is how I found out that they had a lot of people working at Ford who'd been there 25, 30 years, and they were functionally illiterate because they had to read to them. The HR people told us they had to read to these people the buyout program, the buyout offer to determine whether or not they wanted to do it. This is how we found out that they had a lot of people, a lot of, some of them were white, some African-American, they were they had been there 25 30 years got in because their father worked there grandfather worked there and they were functionally illiterate okay wow 2030 but there are so many folks especially our folks who do not know this oh that's, well, that's absolutely true they don't know they, they have to do research uh we should be in a constant state of learning and doing all right Okay, so hey, if you like this type of information, you can also donate to the African History Network, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show, paypal.me, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. That helps us stay on the air, helps us keep doing the research, uh, helps us keep broadcasting, helps us to pay the bills. And then African-American business owners, uh, you can advertise with the African History Network, you can grow your business. Uh, you can reach thousands of potential customers on a weekly basis. Uh, we hope we uh, placed uh, your 60-second commercial into the podcast of our uh, radio shows, the African History Network show. Um, if you don't have a commercial, no problem. We'll record one for you. No additional charge. We can get you started today. We can get you started today. We can upload your uh, commercial. You can put your commercial into the podcast that I did uh, yesterday, because we're gonna upload that today. Uh, so we can get you started today. We also put the, um, the graph, the flyer of your, for your business or your event, we put that into our email newsletter as well. And we'll also do uh, one interview with you here to give you additional exposure on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, okay? So we have a special promotion, um, which, uh, ends um, Wednesday, July 25th, 11.59 p.m. While ad space is available, while ad space is available because we only have a limited amount. We only have, only have a few slots left. Uh, buy one month, get one month free. Buy one month, get one month free, okay? Email us at customerservice at africanhistorynetwork.com for uh, more information, okay? Email us at customerservice at africanhistorynetwork.com for more information. All right, and this should say, um, this should say Wednesday, July 25th. Okay. Email us at customer service at africanhistorynetwork.com for more information. All right, well, look, we have to get out of here. Hey, remember, uh, uh, I will be in San Diego uh, August. 10th through the 12th for Return of the Gods, the Real Family Reunion, Friday, August 10th through Sunday, August 12th. I'm being honored. 
uh, on one of this year's honorees, uh, along with uh, one of my teachers, Professor Kaba Hiawatha Kamene, Booker T. Komen, known as, formerly known as Booker T. Coleman. You've seen him in the Hidden Colors documentaries, Queen of Thua. Also, uh, Return of the Gods is a royal festival celebrating the shift and rise to enlightenment. Come out for an amazing show of live hip hop, motivational speakers, live African dancers, martial arts demonstration, yoga, and an award ceremony of master teachers and scholars. Okay, um, you, we uh, we have the link here where you can uh, uh, register. They have a, a three day pass, three day weekend pass. Um, is on sale for a hundred dollars, and um, you can go to AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have the information there. We also just posted the link here on the thread of the broadcast, all right? Okay, hey, at the African History Network, we, uh, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world, because right now this corrects wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself, what you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Right now, it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. Wakanda forever. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.